This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Misa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks, man. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very well. Oh, wait. Um, no, I'm not that great. You're not? So, well, Why? the first time ever, this is sound really weird, but this weekend, believe it or not, I'm, in, I'm 43 years old, and until now, I had never been stung by a wasp, and I had <gasps> never been crapped on by a bird. And both happened <laughs> wow. this weekend. Back to back, never happened. And both happen. Wow. So I don't know what that's a sign of the apocalypse or whatever, or transition okay? or whatever. But I know I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm, when I got stung by the wasp, and my friends who were there will swear this happened. They were like, Are you okay? He got me on the, on the thumb. And I was like, Do you know, I, I got to feel something. I actually I was like, Jesus. Well, actually, no. <laughs> no. Come on. Stop this. That's actually what Mario, that's actually what I said. And then, and then the bird got my friend. Um, I don't know if it's the same one because one, one got her, I was under a tree and I was like, oh, the bird got you. And she's like, oh, well, I said, my outfit kind of looks like bird crap. So maybe that's why it didn't get me. And I got home and looked in the back of my jacket and it got me too. So, you know, that's the most exciting thing happened my weekend. How about yours? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right, man. I'm just thinking like, how long is too long to take a corner? That's all I've been thinking about for the last, oh, no. however long. <laughs> just wild discourse. We've had a lot of discourse already this season, haven't we? We've just been, yeah, yeah. The Premier League is making, I, I don't want to go into it too much, but it's just making things so much more unnecessarily difficult. Which is also, a, it's a shame there's so much discourse because it's actually an extremely interesting season. That's the thing. Like, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you forget the discourse and just look at the actual league table and you look at the fact that maybe one of the first times in a while, the quality of football being played by the teams does not reflect the points they've got because, you know, not everyone can, you know, not all can have prizes. You look at some of the football, for example, like a Sheffield United has been playing. We'll get into this later, but it's not reflecting the quality. And Luton too, the no, quality no. of what they're yeah. producing is not reflected in the points. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so discourse aside, it's actually a really interesting season. Premier League, the only operation 
Well, the PGMOL are the only operation that are rivaling Berlin Burger Amps for the amount of bureaucracy that you have to like, oh, go no. through. Yeah. I mean, I know this is like all part of the intro, but I do have an element of sympathy for the officials only because... I have loads in of a sport where In a sport where the margins are like so much smaller and the consequences of failure are so much greater, it's like almost stress testing. It's like, um, you know when people like do loads and loads and loads of weights, but don't like... They don't do enough on their legs. And so they're basically, like, they're just top, they're just top heavy, basically. Yeah. And they're putting strains on part of the, you know, they're putting strains on joints that shouldn't have that level of strain. I feel like football's like that. I feel like it's, it's very top heavy. And yeah. so just, <laughs> I just, I just feel for some of these officials, man. I really do. I think Nacho Monreal should be put in charge because he was just like the level headed. Seven out of 10. Every, just keep it Seven. So let's give him, let's give him seven and a half, seven and a half. So he was a seven out of 10 player all the time. Yeah. Apart from, ironically, one weekend away at Everton. Which... Oh, no. Yeah, actually, we'll get into that. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so are you saying that the, so the bird who pooed on you, they pooed on your friend more noticeably, so would you say that that was the deliberate action and yours was the non-deliberate action? Or Can I, <laughs> can I say, I don't know what the gap was between it doing that to her and then to me. So was it like 23 seconds, for example? Was it time-wasting? I don't know. Are you was saying it, it was the, set, the next phase of play? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a continuation. <laughs> I'm going I'm to keep going with this metaphor, Booster. <laughs> There's mileage in it. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> anyway, silly intro, silly podcast. Uh, we hope everyone's staying safe and well wherever you are in the world, specifically, obviously, in Libya and Mo- Morocco. Thoughts with anyone who's been affected by what's been going on there. We've retweeted a couple of things in the last week um, for threads to donate uh for the earthquake in morocco and the floods in libya yeah so yeah just sending love and thoughts to anyone affected by what's going on out there obviously just a grim weekend of discourse in general and mm. we hope everyone's yeah yeah doing all Definitely. right um yeah. we'll try and uh, keep it light and just talk about some good football this weekend we're not going to talk yeah. about var decisions i don't think we've had a little moan now <sighs> just thought of another joke with arsenal's corner man <laughs> Arsenal taking mini retirements over each corner. Am I right? Am I oh, right? there he is. Anyway, there listen. Is. Oh, God, I would, I'm not sharp as I used to be, man. Um, all right, today. So we're going to start in Serie A. Mm. Uh, we'll wrap up some stuff around Europe and then we will probably do a bit of Premier League. And I reckon I'll do it today. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, only one place to begin this weekend. And that's in Serie A. Yes, absolutely. Frozen, no, no. no. Uh, do you know what, though? That wasn't uh-huh, one of the games. You were going to do it. You <laughs> were going to do it. I know, I know what you're like. I knew, I know you too well. I, was just, I couldn't decide whether it was Frozen, only Sass or Fiorentina, Atalanta. Both amazing games, which I want to talk about. But we have to start in, in Milan at San Siro. Into five, Milan won mm. in the first Derby della Madonnina of the season. Wow. Statement victory. Yes, and also, I have to ask one question. Uh-oh. Did AC Milan not watch the Champions League final? 
Well, it's funny you mention the Champions League final because I do believe that that is when Inter took things personally. This is it. You, you see what I'm saying? You see my point? Did they not watch the Champions League final? Because that was the evolution of Inter. And what we're seeing now, Inter have incredible depth. I looked at the bench and thought, my goodness, like that, their bench is stacked. Mm. And they've got, um, they've freshened up the attack. Dzeko's obviously headed off. They've now got uh, Marcus Duram there, who has the speed and the skill and adds a new dimension. And they look... Inter looked frightening at points. They, they, they looked They really, really, really Because here's really the thing good. about this, right? This is a team, they won 5-1. Well, they're both at home, obviously. On 40% possession. They took exactly what they wanted. They basically took, you know, we talked about maybe the, the Spain midfield in the World Cup finals, the kind of shock absorber or the bear mm. trap. This is exactly what that five-man midfield is for, for Inter. And you look at it and you think, AC Milan couldn't, they couldn't play out. And they got swarmed. Um, I was nervous for them because they've changed from that 4-3-1 to the 3-5-2, so the, the 4-3-3. And I was nervous with that three-player midfield against the five. I just thought, mm, that might not end well for you. And that is, unfortunately, because that, that Inter five is like a hard-working five, right? Mm. Like, and it, it's, it spreads out and it compresses. It's, um, it's it, a problem. It, it, it's a, it's a real problem. And, 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 and Simone Inzaghi as well, before we go into this match analysis, just a quick headline point. Simone Inzaghi's big game temperament is still slightly underrated. It is absolutely yeah. outstanding. It is outstanding. Cup final, semi-final, derby, he's elite. Especially because I think a lot of that team ha do have a tendency. They don't need an invitation to go. They did, right. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think that what Simone Inzaghi, you're right, it doesn't get enough credit for is actually keeping it calm in situations where they actually don't need to get too carried away with stuff. Right, yeah, um, yeah. But the interesting thing about Inter the season and is that they made a transfer surplus in the summer but I think they've got better. I think they've got more dynamic. Oh, I think question. they've got less one-dimensional. They've, they've added a like Marcus Turam is settling in pretty well. I think this is probably his best game in an Inter shirt so far. Mm. Um, we'll go through the goals and stuff in a minute, but the way that the, you, you, you absolutely summed it up perfectly, their way to like expand and compress basically. And, but they can do that with pace now. The problem they've yeah. had, I think that when Lukaku was there the first time around in the champion, uh, in the Scudetto winning season, they, they were torching teams on the break. They, mm. they, that was their main, uh, it felt like that was their main weapon. I'm not sure if it like statistically was in terms of the goals they scored, but they, they never felt, I mean, how many times did we, you know, anecdotally kind of recall Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez breaking yep. forward, you know, after maybe breaking from a corner or something in their own box. And I think what happened with Dzeko was that Dzeko is obviously someone who has been criminally underrated his whole career. Mm. And I think he was great at Inter, actually. I think he did a yeah, really yeah. good job. And I think Excellent. Simone Inzaghi deserves a lot of credit for how he managed that pairing last season, rotating Lukaku, who obviously had injuries and stuff. And I don't want to dwell too much on Lukaku because we'll talk about him in a little bit maybe for, yeah, for the Roma yeah. game. But slowly evolving that side away from the side that won the, won the Scudetto, but they feel like, and this is, we're only four games in, you know, mm. but I think this game in particular showed how there's a, there's almost like a ferocity to yes. this inter side that I, it kind of feels a bit new. Yep, yep. And I think doing that while, getting rid of I mean the, the picking up Jan Sommer when you've got when you got over 50 million euros for Andre Anana 
is dude. That is so smart. Oh. They brought a lot of people in from the Bundesliga. It's really fun, actually. Mm. Summer Pavard. I like that move for Pavard. You know, Jerome. Yeah, me too. That I centre back. I really a... like that. that right sided centre back, like Damian. It's been so good mm. because those aren't necessarily the most. This iteration of Pavard is not the most. It's not the best when he's adventurous. Mm. I think the right side of centre back is a really great position for Inter because it rewards players that have a steady nature rather than like to bomb on. Mm. And then you have those wing backs that are absolutely just explosive. You have Bastoni's passing and a Chirpy's experience. The whole thing is just everything fits. Yeah. Everything fits. And I think, again, you're right in terms of improving. It's hard to jump in again, but no, no. I'm just really excited by Inter, the way they've built the squad, but also, can I just say this as well? Simone and Zag, in terms of managing tempo and mood, there was no better illustration than like him on the sidelines in the second half, soaking wet, jacket off. And it was like, and it was Pioli did it too. I love to see like managers who were like, we're soaking along with you. We're not taking any shortcuts. There's very much the energy of we're all in, you know, like the inter thing is like, you know, if there's an, like an inter brand, mm. it's that everyone buys into it. You got like Stefano Sensi on the bench coming in, um, Outstanding player. You've got Barella coming off. You've got Mkhitaryan, who's now surging, peaking. Devries is there, Davy Clarsen. And it's like, you've got such quality, but it feels like, it's only a few games in, but it feels like one of Inzaghi's strengths is getting everyone to sign up for it. Mm. Like, regardless of the role you play, like, like the Lukaku thing you mentioned, actually, it's, it's worth mentioning that just to sort of put a pin in your point about, he sold that to Lukaku. Mm. He sold 20 minutes a game to Lukaku. You're basically going to be a closer and come in and like just, create chaos against tiring legs. Not many managers, and I know that obviously Lukaku didn't like, you know, by the end he sort of forced his way out, but not many managers could sell that mm. to a striker of that stature, you know? It, yeah, it feels like, the, the, um, not for the first time in a long time, but Inter have always had a character that seems to dictate the discourse around the club in the last few years. Mm. You know, with with the fallout of that Mauro Riccardi, right? Mm. Massively popular, captain, fell out, moved. Lukaku, yeah. massively popular, goes to Chelsea, comes back. Ne it's never quite the same, but mm. it's dictating the discourse. You know, is he going to play? Is he not? Is he going to stay? Is he going to come back? And now, now it feels a little bit more like this team is a bit more balanced in terms of personalities. And I feel that that, you know, I watched, I rewatched Moneyball last week, right, for the first time. And it's not a Moneyball thing, but if you think about how smartly they picked up people and how they mm. filled out that squad, it does feel a little bit more balanced. Now, I know that we're, we're talking about this off the back of a 5-1 win in the derby, and it's all very kind of like pro-pro-inter. Mm. They're going to face tough tests this season, but they've done well. Yeah. The Milan game, I think, is the biggest, it's obviously the biggest test they face this season, probably, on paper. Mm. First goal they've conceded in the league, but they just blitzed them in that first half to the point where even with Leao's goal, it never felt like Milan were close to coming back into the game because oh, never, there was never. just they they just absolutely swarmed them. Like so, I mean, maybe if you want to go through through it all, Mkhitaryan obviously opened the scoring, lovely mm. goal, um, some good work from Marcus, and almost Turan. like NFL style blocking when like yeah. Turan was down the line, went past Tiao, and you had this kind of NFL style block. They move in packs into, they hunt in packs down every mm. flank. Turan breaking some really good wing play and persistence and then Mkhitaryan turning it in after the shot came back into the box, I think from DeMarco. Um, and they took the lead after like five minutes and that was their first real attack. Mm. And this was the trend that continued throughout the game where you had Inter basically scoring and, you know, it wasn't rocket science in the sense that they would score and then Milan would punch themselves out and then Inter would like, okay, 
we've had enough of that now. We're going to come at you again. And just the efficiency of the counter. Yeah. The second goal, the goal of the match, really. Um, oh, absolutely incredible. Talk us through it because I've... Yeah, so break, um, I think Dumfries breaks um, upfield, um, crosses across the box, and it's only Marcus Turan there in the corner, isolated, out on the flank. Cuts inside and just abs- with apparently nothing on, and then just rips it past <laughs> Mike so Mayon, who has full sight of it, and he has no chance. Did you see Mkhitaryan's face? I did, on no, the no, replay, it's no, absolutely incredible. It like from the Mkhitaryan kind of like watches the ball go past him, kind of leans back a little bit, even though it's in no danger of hitting him. And you can see his face before the ball hits the back of the net, almost going like, whoa, what hell. It's so good. Anyone who hasn't seen the replay, go watch the replay and watch Mkhitaryan's face. And there's something so I love good. about this goal because first of all, it makes you a Derby legend, right? Like that is- That's a proper like, I'm a here. Yeah. Right. And then also you think about the step up when a player goes from a club like Gladbach, which is obviously a huge club, but then there's like a thing, a thing about being, you're going from a huge club like Gladbach to a, a club that is like globally known, historically great. And you have to make the step up. And that goal, mm. that goal advances you six months. Mm. That one goal in that derby, a goal of that nature at that time is worth five ordinary league goals. It really yep. is. Um, so yeah, delighted for Marcus Tram, not obviously despondent for, we love money Mike Mignon, but he, had, he did not have a chance with any of these goals really, to be honest. No. no. Second half was proper, like you mentioned, it was proper derby vibes though. Rain, and the heavy, it's when the, heavy, when the rain came yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's nothing better than, I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago for the um, Real Sociedad Granada game. Pissing down both teams in stripes. Oh no, stripes and hoops. There's just something about that, like classic, seeing classic colours in a classic venue, and it's raining. It's my one gripe about the new Bernabeu is that they're going to shut the roof when it rains, so you're never going to get a rainy game in the Bernabeu anymore. Oh, which is just shouldn't be allowed. Shouldn't be allowed. But anyway, it was just. There's great. few it things was, I enjoy like watching really more than Real Madrid a goal down chasing a game. There's few things yeah, I yeah. enjoy more. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, just. That second half felt like a proper derby. Um, mm. Yeah, I thought Inter's response to the goal was was super good. Mkhitaryan's second deflected. Fourth was a penalty. Tio Hernandez fouled. Lautaro Martinez it was definite penalty, but it was yes, 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 yes. It was one of those like a kind of an inch away from not being a penalty, but it was a penalty. Mm. And then um, Fratesi, Fratesi at the end. Uh, good week. Two goals for Italy. Yeah, and then a goal in the derby. And the thing I'll say about Inter's dynamism is. Now that you have Marcus Duram, you effectively have a, a sixth wide player mm. because you have a player capable of like going right to the touchline. Didn't have that with Dzeko, not that's a criticism of him, it's just a different range. So you effectively have six players you can have across the middle at any one point because he can drop off and just surge at you. And you also don't know where the speed is coming from. With Dzeko, you knew that as a starter, it would only be Lautaro that had the pace in the front two and you could deal with that. But now it's a different kettle. Like it's... Well, I mean, you literally saw it, like Taram creating space for those runs from deep from Mkhitaryan and even Chalinolu. And like, I'm really excited to see how this team develops through the season once they get to gel a little bit more. What I want to see is Chalinolu. I need to see a deep dive on the transition that he's made to like key player for Inter because he seems to revel in the supervillain. He seems to absolutely thrive. The role that he's got in this team as well, they're like ready in a way that you look at AC Milan, and I don't want to sort of, you know, take them out too much. It's a 5-1 defeat. But you compare where they both are. Yeah. And they do seem on different sides of the hill in the sense that, like, Inter are up one side of the hill and they're going down now. They're moving downhill now. And this game, and I think in order not to get too despondent, I think this game is really just 
okay, let's take stock. Maybe the earlier performances we had, we looked really good. We were maybe slightly ahead of the curve. Mm. And this is a slightly harsh, I think it's a slightly harsh outcome and and result. But yeah, I think I think overall, yeah. sorry to cut in, I think overall yeah, the, the performance wasn't quite as bad as the result. I think the no, I easy agree. the easy um not explanation, but I think something that would probably be uh, a reason for the defeat is that there was no Kalulu, no uh, Tamori yeah. at the back. Big losses. And Tiao and, and, and Simon Kier just kind of got overrun. Really. Some of the passing out from the back, there was some passing yeah. from Kier in the second half, and I'm like, yeah, this is tentative. This is someone you know the, that, like, you know the energy of that Alvarez pressure. goal in the World Cup? It, it didn't yeah, matter who tried to block it, it just kept going all... <laughs> it was like literal yeah. field tilt. NFL goal, yeah, yeah. But it's worth noting as well that we're talking about Inter's depth and the way that they've kind of set the squad up for this season. So, mm. Alexis Sanchez, David Klaassen, Stefano Sensi, Benjamin Pavard, Juan Cuadrado didn't make it off the bench. That's the, exactly, that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's serious. They are serious, man. And I think- that's, that a Champions they, League, that's a Champions League squad, without doubt. Yeah, yeah. They're the only team in Serie A that's had a maximum, that's got a maximum record. They got San Sebastian this week for, to play Real Sociedad, which is going to be really interesting. They go to Empoli next week. Empoli are bottom of the league and they've lost four straight. They haven't even scored mm. a goal yet. So you would expect them to get, pick up another win there. Mm. I mean, this is the thing about Serie A, maybe we can use this to move on, is that like, it's wide open again. Mm. And for the last, what, three, four years, mm. it's been the most interesting and competitive yeah, yeah. league in terms of like racing for the title because what well, we know how different sides have won it over the last few years. It's hard to call a winner this season. And the mid-table teams keep you honest. Yeah, I mean, if you look at like um, Lecce, for example, Lecce unbeaten and they're fourth at the moment. They have, Napoli are kind of like, struggling they they uh, drew to Genoa on the weekend to uh, to all bad they result. were it was a bad result they were 2-0 down and then two great goals for Napoli actually from Politano and Raspadori it was a good game this but still they can't really find the form Kravitz Skelly has not really hit the form that he hit in the kind of winter last year he's, it's the attention he's getting though as well it's well, the way it. people are playing him yeah it's what I'm glad he didn't move to be honest I'm really glad he didn't move for that reason but elsewhere, do you want to talk about some other games? There was two great games we can quickly round up. Frosinone, I mentioned Frosinone Sassuolo. Mm. Two picks for game of the weekend, I think, here. Frosinone uh, Sassuolo, 4-2 Frosinone. Fiorentina 3, Atalanta 2. Um, just quickly on the Frosinone game, because uh, yep. Sass went 2-0 up and Frosinone came back to win. Um, the second goal from Pina Monti was unbelievable. And then um, there's a pa- penalty for Wally Chadira. Uh, two for Mazzatelli to take the lead. But then in the stoppage time, did you see the save? No, no. <laughs> so uh, Jeremy Tolian had a header in stoppage time at the end of the game. It was an absolutely unbelievable save, for, save from Tarati to push it onto the bar. And then uh, Larola broke, sealed it in stoppage time for, for Frozen only, but mega great game. Great result for them as well. A really good result. And then uh, Fiorentina Atalanta as well. Another great game. Um, my fa- my is- favourite, I actually, I've got to say, it's a bit of a cliche, but I loved Juventus Lazio. I was actually, because I was not expecting, games like that can go either way really, but Juventus really, in terms of like how interesting they are, mm. like Juventus really imposed their will and they played some really, Allegri was, as a, the great Karl Anker would say, Allegri was under surveillance at the start of the season in terms yeah. of how enterprising the football could be under his tenure. Um, and that, those are fair questions, all of them. But Juventus was so aggressive, so creative, and Vlajevic looked liberated from whatever kind of funk he was in. Four and four, man. Start he season. was spectacular. His, 
his second goal, well, both goals were outstanding, sort of brilliant near post finish. The second goal to take on basically two players, perfect first touch, pulled it down and just bent it into the corner. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous finish. And Lazio just looking thoroughly impressive. Weston McKenney, pugnacious as well. And Lazio, like, you know, obviously a good side who've been surging in recent months. Absolutely dispatched. That is a, you talk about statement victories, that's definitely one of them. To yeah. absolutely cook a confident Lazio team. But are they confident though? One win, one win in four? I mean, they're coming off the back of the Napoli result from before the, the international break, but they've, this they've, is only, the thing. they've lost like, three of their four opening games of the season. But still, the, the, the Napoli result to me was like, I felt that was a, a turning point. That was a team that, that was, it was, it was really coming for them. I would have expected, I mean, prior to this game, if you'd said to me what I'd expect, I'd be like, well, maybe like a score draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A score draw with both teams going at it and Juve being, well, drop points at home, not the worst result. But this was, I don't know, Juventus, uh, they show something this season, actually. They show something impressive. They have my attention. Yeah, they have my attention. If you shout out Roma, Roma beat Empoli 7-0. Roma's first win of the season in the league. Power yeah, Dybala just going the old school Wild start shuffle. to the game though. Handball penalty after 39 seconds. <laughs> so extra. I know. Uh, Dybala's first goal and his return from injury. Mm. Ronaldo Sanchez got his first goal for Roma as well. He did. Very nice one it was too. Uh, yeah. nice and then him. there was that wild own goal between Berezinski and Grazzi where it's like one of them smashed it off the other one's back. That is the kind of goal that only happens you know a team in just like obviously obviously just defensive disarray yeah. Smashed on, yeah. Um, smashed onto one player, deflecting into the top corner, and just nothing going right. And that—that that is the one argument I think I have for like a timeout in football. If there was ever a case for, I wish timeouts existed for Empoli's manager. I've been like, that was when you take one because nothing was working, and almost a goal like that was in a goal where you, you could tell the game was going to be a thrashing come quite early. And it wasn't one of those ones where it was like, oh, actually, Empoli missed the big chance. That, it's, that felt like a thrashing all the way for some reason. And it felt like there was one chaotic goal like that in the mix. I mean, it was like a goal off Pro Evo uh, 6. Yeah, yeah, It was absolutely. just like, when you're trying to clear it and you smashed it off the back of one of your defenders, <laughs> you're like, why is this happening? Do you know why it was happening? Because John Terry was on the cover of that game. That's <laughs> so was Adriano, though. <laughs> so I was just, I was given visions of like... <laughs> that game was cursed from the job. There's, there's, there's a family friend who always tries to get me to play FIFA because they know I'm terrible at it. And that is the kind of thing I always do when I play against them. <laughs> it's like Sideshow Bob stepping on rakes. Yes. That's, that's the Musa playing FIFA. Oh, poor Empoli. It's in the week to forget, but not, not a week to forget for Roman Lukaku, who got his opener yeah. for Roma. Um, very nice uh, finish with his weaker foot. Gustante got an absolute banger. So distance. good, this goal. That I love so this goal. Clean, clean. What's the Italian for stayed hit? Hit the cover off it. I don't know whatever <laughs> word for that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Mourinho's Roma. Mourinho's Roma winning 7-0 against Empoli. Yeah, I mean, they've now got a positive goal difference, put it that way. <laughs> Still no idea what Roma are going to do this year. No idea at all. Days. No idea. But that's the great the thing, actually. Part of the fun, isn't it? I think that's the great thing about Serie A this season. Low-key being the most interesting league for the last few years, and it continues to do so this season. Apart from, oh, no, sorry, sorry. What am I talking about? Second. Swipe Bundesliga is the best. <laughs> Say, ah, close is. second. No, don't, there he don't, there he is, me. Everyone knows. Real <laughs> ones know. <laughs> Do you want to shout out La Liga quick? Yes. I saw Kevin Williams say that Barcelona 
Well, Ferran Torres scored Barcelona's first direct free kick goal since Messi was there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wild. And they nearly got another. Rafinha nearly got another straight after. <laughs> Which, no, the, the Torres goal was, taste for it. was really, really good. This is a bit of a kind of, um, sound like an old man here. There was that amazing German playmaker, Gunter Netzer. Oh, here we go. Like, it's very rare you see a ball bent round a wall. Yeah. Like, properly round. I was like, oh my God, that's like such an... He did it against... Um, was it against England? But it's, it's, it's 70s. It's like long, long ago, obviously. But it's very rare you see that kind of free kick. You can tell that the elevated foot follow through. It's trying to whip that around a little Un- bit more. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the Gunther Netzer goal that he does, he ends up with the... Um, the, the striking foot is like way beyond the, non, the non-kicking foot. Like it's right, yeah. like his foot ends up planted right across his body because that's the whip you have to get on it. Unbelievable. And it reminded me of that really. Um, yeah. Gorgeous free kick from Torres. And they looked happy. Cancelo, I mean, Cancelo, it's a bit extra, to my extra. Pointing to his Barcelona badge after scoring, I was like, brother, you've been there for five minutes. My brother in Christ. You know, don't get me wrong, kissing the badge. I'm all for, <laughs> I'm all for kissing the badge. I'm like, but this is, this is a bit, it's a bit previous. Um, Listen, when you got those shirts from Mundial, you were kissing that badge and I was just like, traitor, traitor. <laughs> I tell you what, there's a Paolo universe. Obviously so- kidding. No beef. Shout out the good folks at Mundial. Barcelona beating Real Betis um, 5-0. And I'll say this, the, the happiness that Joao Felix played with reminded me that there is a parallel universe where he makes the Barcelona move and not the Atleti move because he was always so much more a Barca player than an Atleti player. Still don't think that move works for that price tag though, even at Barca, especially during the last few years. Not for that, well, no, not for that price no, tag. No, I mean, no, no. God, no, no, no. Good Lord, no. Joao Felix is the kind of player that what's happened over the last couple of years, his stock needed to fall way more before I think he finds somewhere that he's going to land properly. Right, uh, and if you saw what he did for his... Um, it was, or was it his dummy assist? Oh, the dummy, the dummy to Lewandowski. His goal, you mean, you mean the miss hit? And then he like... The, the Lewandowski one, right? Where he kind yeah. of, he's constantly looking around. Mm. Obviously, football players are unbelievable. Mm. Those kind of scanning vids that go around, they're quite normal for really, really good players. They are, they are. Because they're, they're, they're really, really good. Yeah, yeah. But he's just a really good player. Like, he's just a really good player who I think, you know, I mean, I have sympathy for anyone who's been involved in that Chelsea setup over the last couple of years and continues to be this year. Mm. I mean, you look at, I know they've got a load of injuries and stuff and we're not talking about Chelsea now, but the fact that you can consistently spend that much in multiple windows and change through managers and still not really figure out anything at all. Have I ever, mean, have you ever caught a coach from, have you ever caught a coach from Messonord? I haven't, no. The Berlin bus station. Listen, fellow Berliners, anyone that's ever caught a bus from Messonord, the buses go, they go to like Moldova, they go to Ukraine, they go to Denmark. And that is literally, you go to Chelsea and it's like, the, it is literally like the waiting room at the Messinord bus stop. It's, you look at the lineup of that team and you're like, Madueke is out, Mudrick's in, this person's here. It's just an absolute. Conor Gallagher was captain on the weekend. It's an almost, and this is, this is my sympathy to that extent. It's an, it's an almost unmanageable mess in the short term. Like in terms of the patience that Pochettino will need to make something out of that. It will take extreme patience and we'll get to that in a moment. Maybe, maybe we won't on this podcast, but that, that thing that Poch said when he came out at the end and they were like, oh, the fans are booing. And he said a really smart thing. Like the fans will act like they have to, they mm. will act like they, they're entitled to that, like they want to. And that's fair. I think he, I actually quite like that he embraced the fact that yes, it is a mess. Yes, it will require patience. Let's not pretend this team is anywhere near where it should be. Because frankly, it's, 
it's a disaster. Like you, you compare, like you, you look at like Inter where everyone knows their role and everyone's like in place. That's how the project should look in the end. And they couldn't be further from that. Sorry to jump in with that, but I just felt, no, no. Whereas, whereas Barcelona actually, you look at Barcelona now in terms of the squad, look, no, we know no. they've mortgaged their future to get there. We know they've done that and we can never escape that reality and they can't. But in terms of the pieces they have, they beat Betis 5-0 and they had some huge players missing. Yeah. And they now look like a team that can do something, who knows what this season, but, but certainly quite interesting this season, mm. as they should, given how much they've spent. I've got to say, if you talk about return investment, they may not get that. But in terms of the happiness that fans are showing on socials, in the crowd, it's, there's a lot less noise. And I'm just really, really happy for Ferran Torres in particular, because this is a player whose trajectory was really impressive under Pep. And I felt like his development was really, it went sideways after leaving Pep, because I think when you work with Pep, you've got to really go through the full development process. And he only got like half of that. And he was developing to a really good finisher. Goes to Barca, confidence sideways. A lot of fans are like, why the hell do we buy this guy? Mm. And you can see visibly affected by that. And now he's at a point where he's becoming almost like the connective tissue for that forward line, yeah. which is great. Um, and I'm just happy to see him thriving. Shout out yeah. Ferran. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, Betis were not good. Can we just shout out Valencia very quickly? That was an amazing result over Atleti. They beat Atleti 3-0 on Saturday. Mm. Drew with a brace. Nice player, Duro. They were really good, man. Atleti just looked an absolute mess. Strange. Yeah. Strange, strange. But it's the first time Atleti have beat... Uh, sorry, it's the first time Valencia have beaten Atleti in the league. I think in any... Let me double check. I think it's any competition since October 2014. Goodness. Really? Yeah, it is. It's the first time they've beaten Atleti in nine years. Great result for Valencia. Real Madrid's coming from behind to beat Raul Sociedad 2-1. Raul Sociedad looks so good as well in this game. In good game, this. I think good they game this. Take Kubo was very impressive in the early stages. Very impressive. But when is he not? This is Real Madrid winning the arm wrestle. This was such a classic Real Madrid outcome. Like just the style of it, even like starting as they did and Modric on the bench to come in as the kind of closer and just watching them resting back control. And again, it, was not, it wasn't, wasn't a what shapeless vintage. victory. It was a, but it was a very, it, it was workmanlike in the most remedied way possible. They just kept probing for openings and they got them. Could have ended up 3-1 even, actually. Yeah, but I think if Oyathabo isn't stood in an offside position when Kubo hits that goal, that second, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. an unbelievable strike. Yeah. I, I wonder whether Real Madrid get back into that because Real Sociedad looked so threatening in that th first half when they had chances. Mm. Um, although Real Madrid had loads of the ball and they had their own chances for sure. But, I think if that Real Sociedad side goes two up. No, I agree. At that point in the game when they were really in gear, but they, they gave Real a second look. Yeah, and you don't did. do that. You don't do that. Um, it's Real Madrid at top of La Liga. Um, still early. Hmm. Uh, also in Spain, Liga F returned this weekend after their initial strike because of the pay dispute. Wins for Real Madrid, Atleti, Betis beat Villarreal, Barcelona beat Madrid Femenino. And also in Germany, the Frauen Bundesliga returned this weekend. And I think we might have a title race because uh, Freiburg held Bayern to a draw thanks to uh, two late goals. Late win well, a late goal for Bayern, which looked like they won it. And then uh, an equaliser for Freiburg in the 97th minute. So yeah, Frauen Bundesliga back underway in Germany as well. But um, let's go to the men's Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah. Quick shout. Uh, I just want to shout out uh, what a game this weekend on Friday night. We had a, a lovely Friday night game. At FC Bayern 2, Bayern 04 2. Leverkusen started 
so bad though. They showed us something though. They showed us. They really did. <laughs> Jabby Alonso at his post-match press conference said uh, <laughs> for the first 15 minutes, we were still, we weren't here. We were still in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Kane, fourth goal in four league games. Yeah. Uh, he opened the scoring and then, and then uh, Leverkusen started to really play football. Yes. And they looked really, really good after that. Mm. Grimaldo's free kick. Better finishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grima- uh, Grima- there's so many beautiful players. Grimaldo scored an absolute... It's got a beast. Such kick. a good goal. And then yeah. Boniface had the ball in the net, but um, it was offside. Someone pointed at Leroy Sané's reaction. Someone pointed out his reaction. Sané was just like, yeah, okay, that's legit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dio up Meccano. He did not enjoy playing Boniface. Really? At all. <laughs> he did not. Know. At one point, Boniface <laughs> sent him to Augsburg. <laughs> Probably still sitting dazed by motorway services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a tough. Boniface did everything right except the finish in this game. Mm. And this was a bit of a shame because this is maybe the most high profile game he's played since his glow up. If you think about like all the attention that's suddenly on him, you know, obviously. He's thriving um, for club and country. And he had a chance to really do something heroic here and had maybe three very good opportunities, I would say, for, for a striker of his quality, let me yeah. add. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, they've got so many players to check out. Beautiful footballers. Florian Witz, again, just, man, is a magician. Um, oh, he hit the post as well on one, which was... Yeah, like very, very, <sighs> I, dare I say it, very, very much like moving like Mario Goetze. Like oh, a pre-injury Mario Not the Goetze. first time I've seen that comparison. You know, just in terms of the way he moves um, into mm-hmm. space and attacks late. Um, first touch, a very economical, a lovely style. Almost a bit of sort of Nuri Sahin as well in there. Love that. Yeah, so um, Leverkusen extremely impressive and coming away with a two-all draw. Um, and Harry Kane missing. Yeah. Kane missing a good chance too. Yeah, Kane but also Lukas made some saves, which I think... I think, you know, my little, like, going to make some so-and-so boot, bootleg tees. I yes. think Kudetsky was the first guy. He was, he was. And he's limiting he you know, he's, he's, he's it. And he's he one of those keepers who, the higher the, the higher the pressure, the better the performance. When you absolutely stack it up on this guy, he comes through, I think. Um, yeah, some, some keepers just, the action is the juice. They need it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they really fucking need it. <laughs> well, this was a result where you look at it and think, this team is legit, actually. Leverkusen they are. are they're 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 a problem this year. I mean, obviously they got a, m- a really really late equaliser from a Palacios mm. penalty. Um, the good value for Alfonso it, Davies on on Jonas Hoffman. It was a foul. Yeah, yeah. It was clumsy from Davies, but um, yeah, I think they more than deserve the point. Yeah. Just want to shout out Stuttgart quick and Zehu Garassi because eight goals in four Bundesliga games this season. First Bundesliga hat trick. Eight goals with eight shots on target. Stuttgart beat Mainz three one. And it's Stuttgart's best start to a season in 19 years. Has a player ever been that efficient at the start of a season? <laughs> Maybe Holland. Yeah, the Holland was yeah. a, no, it wasn't Holland on course for like 78 goals or something last season. He is having first four games. Holland is having a, a, a quietly hilarious season. Holland this year. Is ha- he's got what seven goals this season? Is it right? But but what I love about this as well. Like he's missing a lot of chances, but he's so persistent. We're actually seeing in a funny way. Because last season, Holland was more efficient than this year to start with, right? Because this year, he's missed a lot of big chances, but he's still coming through. We're seeing actually, if anything, something as impressive, which is mentality. Because there are some games this season where it's not been going for him. Like he's missed like, you know, very presentable chances. But he's like, 
He's very, he's so good. It's the Didier Drogba thing. He is so good at resetting his confidence after a miss. It's one of, it's one of his greatest strengths, weirdly enough, and it's become more evident because when you see him missing chances, you're like, how does he respond? And it's always, he's always straight back in there. It's, it's yeah. really impressive. Um, yeah, elsewhere in the Bundesliga, we've got to talk about the Freiburg Dortmund. Oh comeback. my God, man. Dortmund just can't. <laughs> man, Dortmund, this is... Dortmund go 1-0 up, Freiburg go 2-1 two, two, two up in three minutes before. And it felt like, it felt like a very, like, it felt like very much like how Dortmund season's kind of started at that point. You're like, oh my God, here we go again. Matt Sommer's scoring in his 16th consecutive Bundesliga season, I think they said, which is wild. That. That. Doppel pack as well for Matt's. But the comeback, the comeback from Dortmund, I'll just full credit here. Like, Daniel Marlin, Maris Wolf getting it done. And yeah, like a lovely result of 4-2 and they needed that badly. They needed that badly, actually. Um, yeah, two for Hummels, elsewhere, one for Royce. As well, just a quick shout out. Okay, so and I, I said this, to the, so the Union, Union Berlin lost um, to Wolfsburg 2-1. Uh, Back-to-back defeats. Although I did, I did write to the Union, the Union account and I just said, look, like this is the most, this is peak early season Wolfsburg. They do this, look, Wolfsburg, look. Even your Wolfsburg agenda, man. Like it is, but it, look, it's, it's it's what they do. Look, they played for one, three, lost one, and they're sick. And they're like, not. They, they do this every season. They don't. They just start out like just one week. You'll look, and they'll be third, and then three weeks later, they'll be twelfth. Exactly, and that's and that's this is just what they do. And they haven't scored a goal in nine games or something <laughs> yeah, like that. That's <laughs> just what they do. That's how they start. <laughs> yeah, I want to shout out Heidenheim. We got the first Bundesliga point. Uh, yes. First Bundesliga victory. Mm. They beat. Werder Bremen, 4-2. Yes. Tim Kleindienst. Just amazing, amazing. Just the most down-to-earth. What was it that thing he got annoyed about? Over-celebrating, wasn't it? Last season. Well, I just love the fact that his name literally translates to small service. Small service. I think someone's had made this pun. I think Jonathan Harden made this pun, actually. He's mm. providing big service to Hyde Nine. But in terms of his humility, right? It, like, it's such a, such a fitting surname. Small service by name, big service by nature. Love that. Yeah, it's like but his, his energy. Like... Um, Heidenheim, their problem when they didn't come up a couple of years ago was uh, it was goals, it was goal shots. So it's nice, it's so nice to see them actually like unleashing because this is a big problem that teams have had. Obviously, you've seen the Premier League too, see it in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. They have all the great approach play, but no firepower. It's good to see them. I know it's only Verdes still, but good to see them like actually unleashing a bit. And I hope they hang around. Hope they hang around. Fingers crossed. Yeah, man. Nice. I just hope they stay up. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Be great yeah. for them to stay up. Um, anything else you need to shout in the Bundesliga? No, all good. All good. No? All good. Quick shout for, for Hoffenheim who beat Köln. Hoffenheim ticking along nicely. Quite interesting that you've got Hoffenheim who are uh, ticking along nicely, managed by Pellegrino Matarazzo, who obviously got fired from Stuttgart. Mm. And uh, Sebastian Hernes, who is formerly of Hoffenheim, doing great things at Stuttgart now. So those Job guys, spot. obviously. Yeah, nice, man. Um, What's um? I think about this uh, one. A quick thing to mention, just with RB Leipzig, is that uh, Chavi Simons is still cooking. Interesting, and that he's found a place where he's really happy. We've mentioned him before yep. on the podcast, but good to see him. You know, really like taking root, taking flight. Yep. Uh, just quickly before we do some Premier League stuff, uh, League uh, f- uh, Monaco atop point on the weekend. They drew against Lorient. First goal for following Balogun. Um. PSG are currently fifth. They've won just two of their five games this season. They lost on Friday night to Nice, 3-2 in the Parc de France. This is one of those results where you're kind of like, oh yeah, but Nice always beat PSG. They don't. You know, mm. they're not, right, uh, right. who is it? Was it Ren? Ren always seemed to like beat PSG. Yes, yeah, it was Ren. It was Ren, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, first win since, well, not too long. They beat him last season at home. Uh, sorry, mm. season before at home. It's a funny team, that PSG team though. It is a funny team. Variable quality and experience. Highly variable, yeah. Uh, quick shout for Brest was currently second. They've uh, won three, drawn one, lost one. Um, it's Marseille against PSG next week at PSG. Do we have an actual title race? It could be, this, this league could be, what's that thing that Sid Lowe says in uh, La Liga? Like, we have league. Yeah. Do we have league in Liga? I mean, we do at the moment, so let's enjoy it while we do. Yeah, yeah, let's enjoy it. All right, man, let's do some Premier League. I've got a question. So, Who's going to get yes. fired first, Luis Enrique or Eric Ten Hag? Wow. Oh, shut up. Really? No, 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 I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, no, I'm, la- I'm, laughing at, I'm laughing at the question. I'm joking because we all know it's going to be Luis Enrique. So no. <laughs> Please, I'm joking. I'm joking. But trouble at Manchester United. Yes. And not just off the field, on the field. Obviously, no Sancho for the disciplinary reasons. No Anthony because of the ongoing allegations and investigation. Mm. Uh, and he's been kept away from the squad. Not a good result on it. However, sorry, I know that I asked you a question and I just started utterly, talking. But utterly, but utterly unsurprising. Well, yes, but can we also just shout out that first 15, 20 minutes or so? Because they actually looked really, really good. You need more from a Manchester United side than 20 minutes in the season. Yeah. Probably yeah. the most coherent they've looked this season. And the most mm. impressive they looked this season against a really good Brighton side. But then yeah. what Brighton have done is what they always do. They seem to evolve. Yes. And they evolve real time during the games. And they became the first team to beat Manchester United in the league at Old Trafford since the last time they beat them in the league at Old Trafford last season. <laughs> Under a different manager. I mean, this, this, how do I, how do I explain it? How do I um, express what they, Brighton just like getting a look at you. You know, like when Messi, like Messi's never scored in the first, like what, 30 seconds of a game, first minute of a game, because he spends time just like scanning. And there are times when I think of Brighton, I think to myself, are we playing well against you or are you just scanning us <laughs> and working out where the gaps are and then punishing them and playing through them? Because the level of composure, like I, Brighton arriving at Old Trafford, I did not expect, I expect three points for Brighton at this point. Mm. Coming, to, coming to a club, which is kind of in disarray at the moment for different reasons. This was a thoroughly predictable outcome just in terms of how, you know, Brighton went about it. Danny Welbeck, you know, the, obviously the, the um, United alum getting the opener and Matoma just taking what he wanted, really, you know, just at this point. And then, they, and, and then the, on, the, on the other wing, Adingra, Simon Adingra. Like, these players, it's just where they find... Brighton and Hove Albion brought Ansu Fati off the bench. The levels. Look at the bench. Milner, Joao Pedro, Billy Gilmore, Evan Ferguson. Ansu Fati, Bart Fabrican. That is, and they're just the first few names on the bench. That is an unbelievable bench. That's a Brighton bench in Listen, 2023. Mo, Mo De Hood and Pascal Gross playing centre midfield for Brighton. Dude. Just take, my, take all of my money. All of and it. And I'm loving, I'm loving Lamptey at, um, at left back as well. He's great, man. Tarek just Lamptey the invention is, there. I thought yeah. he was probably... I think he was, he was pushing for player of the match. Was he player of the Three match? Three or four candidates for that. He was He was, he was there. in there. Two assists. I mean, Podium finish for sure. Podium finish. Plus side to Manchester United, I thought Hoyland was great. Yes. Uh, very unlucky, unlucky not with to get, the margin. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was correct decision, but it was marginal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good player. Rashford did some really good stuff as well. Maybe 
maybe uh, I think slightly I could have could have released maybe earlier on a couple of occasions. Um, yeah, I thought but that made, made, some, made some made some good incursions still. Great goal for Hannibal, first goal for the club at senior level. Yes. Yeah, lovely finish. And just great to see yeah. him like so joyful with that. He's been a bit of a journey as well. Yeah, I mean, I saw, saw him getting a bit of some, some people pushing back on him celebrating. It's like he didn't really take up any time. He jumped. It's a young guy, first goal at Old Trafford. He's gotten back into the game or given him a sign of hope. Just let him do it. He didn't waste any time. Discourse for the sake of discourse, really. Listen, That's let's talk about celebration, please, while we're here. Spurs got two goals in stoppage time. Two, two goals in the 290th and 291st minute of the game or whenever it was because it was like an hour and a half stoppage time in that. Um, and they won the game against a really impressive Sheffield United side that we have talked about. They gave City some problems. City had to work really hard to get a result there. How often have we said that with Sheffield United? Paul Heckenbottom must be absolutely so frustrated. Oh, yeah. But also... Because they've coached the really well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also the celebration from Spurs players at the end going towards the South Stand and doing the kind of like arms up celebration I wish every team did that after a win. I yeah. think it's like, it's, we, you know, we're in Germany, it's commonplace here. It's commonplace to stand in front of the ultras when you lose, let alone win. I loved it. I thought it was great from Spurs. The thing that I love at the moment is that you've got Ange Postacogli, where he got asked a question afterwards about letting the fans, if the fans get carried away. And he's just like, nah, man, let them go. What being a fan's about. That's it. When this is, there's a thing that he's done. Um, um, no, there'll be a lot more Ange praise in this podcast, I'm sure, months to come. Just in terms of the way he's had all Richarlison, because you, you looked at the Spurs setup, and the only player that wasn't really catching fire or hadn't shown us something really exciting this season was Richarlison. Mm. He's been struggling with mental health issues, and that, that's come to light recently. And just to see him catch fire, everyone's excited because they're like, if, we, if that man goes, we're all going. Mm. You know, Ian always says it's like, we're moving, we're blasting off like that. If Richarlison catches fire, Spurs really blast off because he's an exceptional footballer. We saw that at the World Cup. We've seen it in previous seasons. He's just had a bit of a dip at the moment. And now it's like, and the fact that he got the assist soon after, abs, this man is absolutely locked in. Kulosevsky with a banger to, to win it all. Sick goal. And I, I, what I love about the Spurs setup at the moment is just the joy coming out of it. It's a little fun, man. Brennan Johnson yeah, it's just, on, it's just good. You know, like when you used to tune into Bielsa's leads and you were always guaranteed a good show. It's that. Yeah. And... At Sheffield United, it's so frustrating for them because they have so little show for some excellent performances this season. They'll take no comfort from this. I was actually seeing, I was looking over at um, Luton, they had a similar thing. They were like, kind of frustrated with this idea that they're, you know, here to make up the numbers and, mm. you know, and I get that because you want to put points on the board, but I think, I think in defence of Luton, defence of Sheffield United, the performances are there, like the mm. quality is there. Um, and look, if you've played Man City and Spurs at the start of your opening, your opening games. I mean, there's a good argument that it's only going to get a bit better after that because you've weathered some of the worst you're going to get, I would say. They've got Newcastle at home next, uh, next week, the final game on Sunday. Who knows? Newcastle aren't really firing on all cylinders at the moment. They got you're through. You're talking about the relief of the, Brent, the Brentford win. That's relief. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. also, I mean, listen, Shearer was saying it wasn't a penalty, so... I'm just, listen. I'm just, listen, I'm just presenting that without comment. The, jo the Geordie deity has, has uh, adjudicated. St. Alan upon time. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say the thing about the Premier League, which is really interesting, I meant to say on Ange, rough year for the what do they know about our league, guys. Listen, they're down rough bad. Rough year. It's Flo Lord here to say, they're, da they're down bad. <laughs> Very quiet from the what do they know about our league, lads. <laughs> the Zerbys Brighton, was it like top three in all, pretty much all 
good metric for since he's like <laughs> Brighton are up for like best actor in a leading role, yes. best supporting actor, best yeah. production, best soundtrack. <laughs> but they're cleaning up. They're cleaning up. Best cinematography, exactly. What I love about what I love about Brighton are they've passed the point where Pep pretends to enjoy playing them. That's you know you've broken through. <laughs> yeah. They're no longer like, oh, wow, yes, Bournemouth, fantastic team, fantastic team. <laughs> yeah, Pep Pep's not going to praise Brighton anymore. No, 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 no. He's going to be <laughs> whinging about the decisions that they got. Hey, good <laughs> to see Pep back after his uh, surgery. It was, a good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was, was it Jonathan Pierce asked him after the game about, is it good to be back? And he was just like, better than having surgery? Yeah, yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny this with Pep, actually. Um, before I, we move on from this, how long is he going to hang around at Manchester City? Because it could be the one of those ones where he's like, actually, I will hang around for like Good day. 10, 12 years. I just really, really enjoy it. I enjoy, I get all the players I want. I get to like turn over the ones I don't. I get no hassle. You consider like how, how much City win. It's not a wild amount of scrutiny. Not, I don't say that in a critical way. I mean that in terms of like, if you think of all the, like, the huge jobs there are in football, it's one, one of the ones with the least amount of noise around mm. the club. Um, I mean, why would you leave you, if you're Pep? Yeah, why? that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Unless, you, can, unless well. you, you do another like three or four years and then you maybe go and take a national job. Can I say this as well? Talk about p- people that should not leave institutions. How the hell people are thinking of selling Bernardo Silva? How the hell that was even a serious conversation is just so far beyond me. I don't get that. I, 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 I've never understood it. And that we always joke about, oh, like, you know, Pep and him are like, we cannot replace him and, you know, he's going to sell him. But, Actually, it's one of the very few players I look at and go, you take him out and I think City have a problem. I know they've got lots yeah. of amazing footballers, but in terms of the way that man just fills so many gaps and roles, you know, like he always be like, oh, Fernandinho can play 10 positions, can play 10 positions. That's the, that's the Fernandinho could, person, isn't it? Fernandinho's the, so good, he could get booked in 10 positions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, is, who is the footballer who's been booked in the most positions on the pitch? It's probably already Gavi. John O'Shea? Probably Gavi already. It like, if there was like a booking heat map. Oh, don't even. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly, pro- yeah, props to Man City. Good win. Um, yeah. Mentioned Newcastle. Obviously, heaps of praise on Brian. Fulham continued to be ticking along nicely. 1-0 over mm. Luton. Villa. This was really impressive for Villa. Uh, going one or down to Palace. Uh, get well soon, Roy Hodgson, by the way. Yeah. But very impressive to come back. Stop his time penalty. Musa Diaby. Musa Diaby. Spiritually offside. Spiritually onside goal, sorry. That was a stunner. He's playing some great football. But yeah, Villa, Villa. Villa making moves. Wolves won, Liverpool three. Wolves took the leads. And uh, like we're going to call Liverpool yet more problems. But Strong comeback, that. It was not a repeat of this fixture last season. Uh, no. Liverpool came back winning 3-1. And uh, quick shout for the not-so-super Sunday. Bournemouth nil, Chelsea nil. We mentioned Chelsea earlier. And Arsenal won at Goodison Park for the first time in six years, which was nice. Wild, yeah. Not a place you enjoy going. Uh, deserved it. Made hard work of it, but deserved yeah. it. We mentioned the, the, the corner thing before, which was just quite funny. Mm. Everton, meanwhile, just a point so far this season. Good luck to them with the new owners as well. It's not gone through yet, but yeah. if it does get approved, we'll touch on that closer to the time. Yeah, when, 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 it, when it all shakes out, out when, yeah. it, when it all goes through, well, if, it, if it goes through. Um, right, before we get out of here, just a very quick shout out for Natalie Simon who became the first black woman to referee an MLS game on the weekend. Oh, wow. So shout out to her. Many congratulations. Many congratulations. Might not seem like a big deal to many. It is a big deal. And uh, something that we hope 
in the future. It's just, you know, normal. It's some of those things that feels overdue. It's why I'm surprised in a way. It well, feels I mean, just overdue. A, you know, women officiating in men's games is obviously yeah, still yeah, yeah. not yeah. massively normal. Um, which is wild, actually. Which is wild. Anyway. All right, should we get out of here? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, and uh, yep, doing okay. Don't forget to check Wright's house this week. Don't forget to check Stadio. We'll be back on Thursday. Oh, you know what's back? Second best European competition. Oh. Champions League. <laughs> um, we'll talk about bad. that on Thursday. Yeah. Don't forget to check the Stadio Archer's place on Spotify. Speaking of which, playing out on the dub version of Hot Rock by House of Assembly. Anything you would like to add, Musok Wonga? Nothing further. Nothing further. Lovely. All right, everyone, much love. We'll be back with you on Thursday. See you then.